hello and welcome to week one of our brand new series, Family Feud. It's February 2021 and that means it's love month. Valentine's is coming up and this is the month where we will spend a lot of money on cheap candy, on flowers that will die. We'll send cards and teddy bears. We'll wait in long lines in crowded restaurants all to express our feelings and our emotions in the midst of our relationships. Our culture is overwhelmed with the thought of love and relationships. Much of the music that we listen to revolves around expressing our love. Many of the movies that we watch, ladies, you will watch it with tears in your eyes, hoping that he turns around to go back and to get the girl one more time. Many of the shows that we love to watch on TV are all wrapped around our relationships. And this month, we're going to talk about relationships and family feud, all the difficulties that we face in every aspect of our relationships. Because as much as we try to express our love and our appreciation, as much as we like to do life with other people, it can be very difficult. I found out very early on as a pastor, I was doing a wedding for a young bride and a young groom. And at the, at the wedding, the very day of, the father of the bride comes to me and says, Pastor, do you have the marriage license? And I said, I do. And he said, well, I want to ask you a question. He said, do they come with a perforated tear-off sheet for divorce papers? He said, because I believe they're going to need it. I was embarrassed at what the father had said. The bride, she began to cry. And let's just say it was a pretty awkward wedding. Many of us, no matter what we do to try to navigate relationships, it can be difficult. And the Bible says this, I think it's a great question for us to ask all month long throughout this series, Family Feud. In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? In other words, it's hard to do life together in relationships, healthily, in God's way, unless we agree on the direction in which we go. I think there are a lot of feud factors reasons that we have difficulties in our relationships. And today, I want to give you three of those. And throughout those, I want to explain what the Bible says, ways that we can overcome those feud factors that we have in our relationships. And I want to encourage you, those of you who are watching at Church Online or maybe listening by podcast, I want to encourage you to join us at one of our campuses this month because we're going to be playing Family Feud live every week. We love to have a ton of fun at church. We think church should be something we look forward to and it should be fun. So I want to invite you out to any of our campuses to play Family Feud with us this month as we navigate the difficulties of every kind of relationship. We're going to talk about dating and marriage. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about all different aspects of relationship. And today, the principles I want to bring you will actually apply to any relationship in any area of your life. And I want to pray for us today that we can receive God's word. So Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment to be together. And we thank you that your word speaks to us in difficult areas of our life, and that's in relationships. So Father, speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to give you three feud factors. Why do we have so much difficulty in our relationships? We were created for relationship. We know from the very beginning of time, right at creation, God looked at everything he had created, all the amazing things in this world, and saw Adam by himself and said, something isn't right. And he made Eve for relationship for Adam 
and he saw that it was good. He created us to live life together and to have relationship together. Relationships are a value for us at Cultivate Church. Our small groups actually launch next Sunday. You can check out all the small groups that are available actually today live at cultivatechurch.tv or on the church app. You can begin shopping for those so that you can find ways to build relationships with other people. But today we acknowledge that relationships are difficult. And here are three feud factors, reasons that we have family feuds. And I think the first one is this, write this down, is that we are spiritually incompatible. Spiritually incompatible. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live in darkness? Now when you take just a second and inspect that verse a little bit more, I love the challenge. I love the question. It says, how can we team up or don't team up with those who are unbelievers? Of all the advice that could be given, they could say don't team up with um, you know, immoral people. It could say, don't team up with liars. Don't team up with robbers. Don't team up with people with bad attitudes. Don't team up with people who are different than you, that look different or from different backgrounds or different parts of the world. But instead, the advice given and the direction says, don't team up with unbelievers. And I think it's very important that we understand the context of what Scripture is teaching us. It says, how can righteousness... Those of us trying to live according to the Word of God and the standard of God, how can the righteous be a partner, I underline that in my notes, with the wicked? Righteousness and wickedness have nothing in common. It says, how can light live with darkness? It cannot. Light expels the darkness. Don't team up with unbelievers because we are spiritually incompatible. Most translations, and I think it's actually better than don't team up. I just like the practicality of that. But most translations says don't be yoked together or don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And it's important to understand the context of what the Bible is actually teaching us. A yoke is a wooden frame or a bar. It has loops on either end. And it's fitted around the necks of two animals, which ties them together and then forces them to function as one. It actually makes the job easier when there are two carrying the load. In that picture, you notice that both of those animals were locked together by that yoke that was causing them to stay positioned together. And when they are working and trying to achieve, trying to accomplish the goal that is at hand, it is easier for two to work together and accomplish the goal. It's like moving furniture. If there's anything that I hate to do, it's moving furniture. I do not like moving. When we moved to Shelby County to plant Cultivate Church nine years ago, we actually moved four times in four years just trying to get settled in a new area. And so many of those times, I actually moved furniture, couches, by myself. And that was very, very hard to do. I had to get very creative in order to accomplish the goal. But it's much easier when you have someone who is equally as capable 
or maybe even uh, more advanced or, or more knowledgeable about how to do it, and you can equally work together to get the job done. When I'm on one end of that furniture and someone else is on the other end, it just makes it much, much easier. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked or don't be spiritually unyoked. Don't combine your life. Be joined together with someone that is not in the same spiritual direction as your life. It would be no different than me taking my four-year-old and asking him to help me move a couch. It could not be done. It would be unequally yoked. The Bible says don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Now, I want you to understand something. The Bible is not saying don't be a friend of sinners. It's not saying don't, don't separate yourself from people who are uh, maybe not living the same way you're living, the same biblical values that you're living. As a matter of fact, we say that Jesus was often in the homes having dinner with sinners. And the religious people were looking at Jesus thinking something was wrong with him all because he was making decisions to be around people who didn't live the same life that he was teaching. So what is the Bible trying to say? Either we do or we don't. But understanding the term yoked helps so much more. You think about a friendship, a real deep friendship where you do life together and you pour into each other's lives. You give advice and you give direction. They're the person you call on the phone when life is at its lowest. I'm not talking about your acquaintances. I'm not talking about people that you are kind to and that you have you know, casual conversation with. I'm talking about the friendships that you are yoked to, you are connected to in your life. Maybe your relationships. It's important for those of you who are dating. I know some of you struggle in your dating life and you can't figure out why you can't find somebody that's compatible to you. Maybe it is because you are unequally yoked. You have teamed up with somebody that is not God's best for you because you are spiritually incompatible. Your desires and their desires, they don't match. It's so important in your relationships that you have in your life that you team up with people that have the same spiritual goals and the same spiritual desires that you do in your life. Your partnerships. I think this comes down even the way we do business. Come on, some of us try to partner with other people and we try to achieve things in the corporate world or in our professional lives and we find ourselves surrounded by people that do nothing but bring us down instead of lift us up. And our goal to serve Christ and our goal to run for the things of God and to be the best man or the best woman of God that we can possibly be is suddenly hindered. We have difficulty in that because the people that we have surrounded or partnered ourselves with in our public and private lives, we find ourselves unequally yoked and spiritually incompatible. They are dragging us down instead of lifting us up. It's, it's important to understand there are two main characteristics of what it means to be yoked together. One thing to understand about a yoke is that it is not easily broken. When you are yoked in something, it's hard to break that yoke. When you saw the picture of those animals joined together inside of that yoke, they're not going anywhere. They are locked into place. No matter how much they turn, no matter how much they try to break free, they're not going anywhere. They are locked into place because it is not easily broken. When you have that bond and you attach yourself to other people in your relationships, 
Those relationships are not easily broken. It's people that, you know, you find yourself sometimes, maybe you've been here and you've been in a bad relationship and you knew you needed to end it. Maybe you're in a bad dating experience. Maybe it's someone who have experienced abuse in a relationship and every time you want to break free, you find yourself returning back to that same old thing. Some of us, we have yokes in our life, things that we have attached ourselves to relationally that is spiritually incompatible. The other thing about a yoke is it is a restraint. It restrains you. It doesn't allow independent action. There is something that forces you to comply with what the other one wants to do. See, the, the whole point of the yoke that is on the animal, what Scripture is using in that term of don't be unequally yoked or joined together, it's because you cannot function independently. When they are locked in, it means they have to do and accomplish the same exact task at the same exact time with the same amount of effort. They are locked in. Un, it's not easy to break it, and they have to function together. It is a restraint. Some of us are having difficulty. We're having feuds in our relationships. We're having a family feud because we are spiritually incompatible to many people that we have yoked ourselves to in our lives. For some of us, you're in, you're in marriage situations where it's unequally yoked. You made a decision to join yourself with someone who is not a believer. And you thought maybe you could change them or you could rearrange that relationship. You could change their mind. You could pray hard enough. And I tell you, if you are in that situation, keep praying. Don't give up. That's what Scripture teaches you to do. Stay where you are and pray for them and be a light to them in the midst of the darkness. But there are some of you who are beginning your dating relationships and you are unequally yoked. You are spiritually incompatible and it is causing trouble in your relationships. Do not do it. Some of you are in that work environment. You're employing people. You are employed by people. And it's just spiritual incompatibility. It's hard to do the work together when you're working at different paces and you're not on the same team. It's like lifting that couch one end by yourself and a four-year-old on the other. You cannot do it. So how do we overcome this? If you find yourself in a spiritually incompatible relationship, what do you do? Well, you have to set spiritual standards for yourself. You begin with yourself. We like to take care of everybody else, and we like to think of ways to fix everyone. But you need to set some spiritual standards for yourself. Begin with you. Begin working from the inside out. Ask God, what can you change about me that will make me a better influence or example to other people. If you're in the middle of a difficult relationship, say, God, what can you do to help me navigate this so that we can improve this and move forward spiritually in the way you would want me to live? Set some spiritual standards for yourself, like maybe this one. Uh, what are your values? Do you know what your personal values are? Your values is the foundation of every one of your actions, everything that you say, everything that you do, frankly, everything that you believe, the values that you have. This is a great way to determine if you're in a spiritual incompatible relationship. Say, how much do you value honesty? 
Well, if you have a real high value for honesty and you're surrounding yourself, hey, in the business world with, with people who are dishonest and do not value honesty and will cut corners and find themselves in trouble because they're not following the same values as you, well, maybe you're in a spiritually incompatible relationship. Is it cash or credit for you? Come on, do you spend cash? Do you spend in your means? Or do you just run it up and spend it on credit? Maybe you're in a relationship where there's a divide there. It's just spiritually incompatible. What's your value? Are you neat or messy? Do you go to church weekly or once a month? Is it one kid or is it six? What's your value? You need to set some spiritual values so that when you have opposing views that enter into your life, it will be an indicator to you that you are teaming up with someone who doesn't match your values. That you are attempting to yoke yourself together, to tie yourself to something, to join in at a very deep level to something that is incompatible to your spiritual life. Everything flows from the spiritual. Everything we experience in the natural is an overflow from the supernatural. And so what you do in the spiritual world, in your spiritual life, you will reap in your physical life or your natural, in the flesh. So today, I want to challenge you to take inventory of your spiritual relationships and your spiritual life. Because many of the feud factors that you have, the family feuds that you're experiencing, the difficulties in many of your relationships could be a result of spiritual incompatibility. And then number two, I think this is another feud factor, is you are emotionally incompatible. Not only do we deal with our spiritual life, but we deal with our emotional life. And I believe that the two of those are very closely connected. Many of us in our relationships are just emotionally incompatible. Look at what the Bible says in Jeremiah 6 uh, verse 14. It says they, are, they offer superficial treatments for my own people's mortal wound. They give assurance of peace when there is no peace. I think this is a powerful verse of Scripture. They, they are the false prophets. They are the people who look to other gods. These are people who are trying to give a solution to a problem that they, that they don't have. They, they can't offer or they can't give what they don't have. It's all superficial. They're offering superficial treatments for my mortal wound. They give assurance of peace, and there is no peace. Many of us are living our life in this culture the exact same way. We are looking for something to bandage our wounds, to help us find peace, and there is no peace. We say this a lot around here at Cultivate Church, that the world cannot give what the world does not have. And many of us are looking for the solutions into the world for something that the world cannot give us. That's why we always feel empty, lacking, and without. I think many of us are walking around like spoiled milk. Have you ever looked in your refrigerator and pulled out the milk jug and poured you a glass of milk? And on the outside, the, the jug looked normal. Everything looked fine. But as soon as you open the cap, and you began to pour out the contents, what was on the inside, suddenly you noticed a few things about the milk. 
There was a funny smell. There was an odor that was coming from the inside of that milk jug. It didn't smell right. It didn't look right. Maybe it was clumped up. Maybe there were some clogs and, and it just wasn't smooth and fully liquid like it should be. Suddenly, there was a little more substance to it. And then, I mean, hopefully, you didn't take a drink, but I've done that. I've poured milk, didn't pay attention, and took a drink only to find out it was completely sour. And then you notice the taste, and it is awful. There are few things as bad as spoiled milk. And I think many of us are living our lives like spoiled milk. On the outside, we look good. We know how to do it. We know how to walk around, put a smile on our face. We know how to answer the questions, how are you doing? Doing good, how are you? If we're in the church world, many of us know how to say, this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. We know how to play the game. But if we were just honest and we pause for a moment and we just poured out the contents of what's on the inside emotionally, not what we can cover on the outside, but what's happening on the inside. When we reveal that or open that up, pour that out so that it can be seen, suddenly we realize, well, there's a, there's a sourness that is there. There is something that's just not right and something needs to change because this is not healthy. We have some emotional baggage that we're carrying around in our lives. Some of us have unfulfilled promises that you're dealing with that Maybe somebody has said something to you and they've broken their word. Maybe the marriage promise was broken. Maybe somebody that you loved and you trusted, they, they stabbed you in the back. And those unfulfilled promises, they're, they're deep wounded scars that are, that are buried down beneath your life. And they're still trying to raise themselves up and you try to suppress them. And it's only making you sour on the inside. We have untreated pains. Many adults are walking around still carrying pains that were caused as, as children. Your parents abused you, a family member, someone you trusted, maybe physically or sexually, emotionally abused you. Maybe it's something someone said over you, and you can still remember the words that came out of their mouth and the way that it makes you feel. Maybe there's moments where you can be in an environment and one word can be triggered, a song can come on, and it will send you back in time to make you feel and deal with pain all over again. Maybe some of us have an unresolved past. Maybe you're walking in guilt and shame of your yesterday. There are things that you've done, actions that you've taken, and you're still carrying all of that shame and all of that blame and all of that guilt, and nobody knows that you have all of that packed in on the inside. Maybe we have some unhealthy patterns in our life. Just some things that you say, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again tomorrow. I'm not going to take that drink. I'm not going to act that way. I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to, you name it, you know what it is. We have unhealthy patterns. And all of that is eternal. Externally, we look great. But internally, we are a mess. We are emotionally incompatible in our relationships. And you can't ever find the peace and the happiness and the joy of the relationship. There's just always something that's there. And it's because you have something emotionally keeping you incompatible when maybe the other person or the other people are healthy people in your life. It was never Jesus' desire for you and I just to look the part. It was always Jesus' desire for us to be made whole. I love a story 
out of the Bible in Mark chapter 2 where some friends take a paralyzed friend. They carry him on a mat. They go to visit where Jesus is. Jesus is inside of a house and it's crowded. They can't get around the house. They can't get in the house. So these guys go, go up on the roof, carry their paralyzed friend up there. They dig a hole through the roof and they lower him down. It is an incredible story of faith and relationship and friendship. I believe these guys were spiritually compatible and I believe they were emotionally compatible because when they got to Jesus, one of the most incredible things about Jesus was when they, they lowered him down, the first thing Jesus said is, your sins are forgiven. And then he said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Religious people were flipping out because Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Notice this scene. They brought their friend there because he was physically unable. But the first thing Jesus did was address the sin in his life, knowing that he needed forgiveness. Why did he do that? Why did he forgive the sin and then heal the body? Because it was his desire that we would be whole, that we would be complete, that we would be lacking nothing. And every area of your life, it may be the unfulfilled promises or the pain, it may be your past, it may be your patterns, but listen, you need to know that what Jesus has done for others, Jesus can do for you. Learn to believe for ourselves what we have learned to believe for others. We need to learn to believe for ourselves what we have learned to believe for others. Maybe you find yourself going, well, maybe Jesus will do that for somebody else. Maybe he loves them enough, but you don't know where I've been and you don't know what I've done. Today, learn to believe it for yourself. Listen, your spiritual maturity does not exist without emotional maturity. There are people walking around saying they're spiritual mature and all their faith is in Jesus and they've given it all over to the Lord, yet they're emotionally a wreck. On the inside, everything is sour. Listen, you cannot be spiritually mature without being emotionally mature. You're not growing spiritually if you're still struggling with the same old stuff. You're not growing spiritually if you're still struggling with the same old stuff. Because as you mature spiritually, you have to mature emotionally. Because it is the presence and the power of God that brings about the potential in your life. So how do we overcome that? How do we get past this emotional incompatibility? Listen, the first thing you need to do is you need to ask for it. Listen, your freedom is found in a simple step of faith. Your freedom will be found in one simple step of faith. You need to ask God for it. You need to be able to, get, to be honest with yourself and say, God, I am emotionally incompatible with the relationships of my life and it is causing division and it is causing discord. I have so much trouble because I am emotionally incompatible. God, I need to ask you for your help today. And then you need to believe for yourself that God can do it. That everything Jesus has said in His Word and everything Jesus modeled for us and every promise that is written in this book that it is for you. You need to ask God, believe that He can do it, and then you need to commit to what He says to do. 
You need to commit to small groups. You need to commit to finding healthy relationships that are spiritually compatible, that you can become emotionally compatible. You need to commit to the things of God to do what He says in the way that He says it so that you can overcome the emotional baggage that you are carrying around in your life. We are dealing with relational issues. We are experiencing family feuds because we are spiritually incompatible. We are emotionally incompatible. And then I say this one, number three, and I think this is important. We are aspirationally incompatible. Our aspirations do not line up with the people that are around us. Take a look at what the Bible says in John 17, verse 20 through 23. It says this, My prayer is not for them alone. This is Jesus praying. My prayer is not for them alone. He had just completed praying for the disciples, but he says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be what? One. Father, just as you and I, you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be what? One, as we are what? One. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete what? Unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Listen, many of us are living in relationships and we are aspirationally incompatible. We have different goals. We have different visions for our relationships. I see one outcome and you see another. Jesus prayed that we would be one, that we would be unified. That's the only way it works. Jesus prayed for the disciples and they were one. They were with Jesus. Jesus says, hey, we didn't lose one disciple. I, I took care of them as you gave them to me. He said, but, he said, listen, I'm praying this for everyone else too, that they would be in unity and walk in unity so that they could accomplish great things. Yet my aspirations for my life and for yours may be completely different and it will not work. I remember many years ago before Jen and I were married, I remember having a conversation where I said, one day I'm going to plant a church. And I believe this is what God's called me to do. This is God's call for my life. This is who I am. And I love you, but if you feel like that will not line up with your life, we need to know that now. We need to make a decision now about the life that we want to live and where we want to go because this is what I feel called to aspirationally in my life. Thankfully, we were compatible in that area. Pastor Brandon and I, we co-pastor Cultivate Church. We planted our church with two pastors, with everybody except for those who knew us the best, saying that'll never work. How does they say anything with two heads is a monster? So how do you lead with two pastors? I mean, it, people couldn't understand it. They said it would never work. Our church just turned nine years old, and I can't imagine doing it any other way. Why? Because we walk in unity. Because we have the same aspirations. We have the same goals. We're not incompatible about the direction that we see our church moving in and what we feel God has called us to do. Some of your relationships are feuding and having problems and fights, and there are failures and fractures all because you are aspirationally incompatible. You are moving in two different areas going in two different places in your life and you need to slow down and you need to re-collaborate and say, what do we need to do to fix this so we can get on the same page? For some of you, that may mean you need to walk away from some relationships. There may be some business partnerships you need to lay down. 
There may be some friends that you have in your life that maybe you need to, to rethink. There are some things that you need to do to realign your life to what God is calling you to do so that you can be who God is calling you to be. You can't be everything to everybody. And you can't just, just walk through life just hoping that you end up somewhere. Good intentions will never lead to a desired destination. Good intentions won't get you there. You have to be intentional. So I say, what are the goals for your life? What do you feel God calling you to do? Where's God sending you for your life? And are the people around you helping you get there or are they pulling you away? Today, I believe much of the root of difficulty is spiritual incompatibility, emotional incompatibility, and aspirational incompatibility. So we need to get before God in those three areas of our relationships and ask God to help us, believe that He can do it, and commit to what He tells us to do. And so I want to pray for you today. Maybe you find yourself walking in a difficult relationship. Maybe you find yourself struggling in a marriage. Maybe you're single and, and you're struggling to remain single. Maybe you're struggling trying to convince everybody else that you're okay being single. Maybe you're in a bad business partnership. Maybe you're struggling with your kids in your life. There are so many relationships, and I know that they're hard. But today, I believe that the Lord wants to help you today in these areas of your life, very foundationally, to help you overcome these few factors so that you can have healthy, God-focused relationships. So Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for all my friends watching. I pray right now that if there's one person watching, and the first thing that they would say is they don't have a relationship with you. Today, Jesus, we understand that we need you, and we need you above everything. We ask you to forgive us of our sin. We commit our life to you, and we decide that today, Jesus, you become number one in our life. And I pray for all of us who are dealing with difficult relationships. I pray over every single one. Father, that today you would be there, you would be present. As your word says, you're a very present help in our time of need. And so I pray that over every person in their, in their spiritual journey, in their emotional journey, and their aspirational journeys for their life. Let them be compatible with the people that you've called for them to live with. Father, I love you. Thank you for speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, amen.